Today, today is all about a gift. A gift of love that changed the entire planet 2,000 years ago. A gift that became an amazing, wonderful miracle. The miracle of God's love for this world. But I got to tell you, 2,000 years ago on that first Christmas Eve, I would argue there wasn't just one miracle. There were four miracles. And what I would like to do for all of you sitting here, for those of you watching online right now, I would like to spell out for you what those miracles were so you can know them and understand them, and more importantly, so that your hearts would be filled with thanksgiving and worship and praise of the God who carried those miracles out. And because we got a lot of ground to cover, let's jump right in. The first miracle answers this first question, who came at Christmas? And the answer to that question is God. That's the first miracle. God came to earth. God invaded this world. God did. And you might be thinking, oh, wait, what's all this talk about God? I thought Christmas was about the little baby Jesus, right? Jesus wasn't Jesus the one who was born in Bethlehem and, and, and laid in a manger. And you're right. The answer to that question is yes. And the reason why it's a yes answer is because Jesus is God. And he's God for a couple of really good reasons. First, because Jesus claimed it. That's a bold claim to make, to say, I am God. There are people who would say that Jesus was a good man. Jesus never claimed to be a good man. Jesus claimed to be God. Look at this, John 10, verse 3. Jesus says, I and the Father are one. It's a bold statement on his part, which means that either Jesus is telling the truth or he is a fantastic liar. Think about it this way. If I were to say to you, I am a good man, most of you who know me would say, yes, Pastor John, you are a good man. But if I were to say to you, I am God and you need to follow me, well, that's a whole different story now, isn't it? Because now you have to decide either to accept that claim and say, yes, Pastor John is God and we need to follow him or... Or you refute that claim, you reject that claim and say, no, not even close, Pastor John, and stay away from the eggnog, right? (laughs) And I would get that. But even in the off chance that you, for some odd reason, would believe, think that I was God, which I'm not, but if you did, you would, I would imagine, you would want some proof. You would want me to back it up, right? Well, that's the second reason why we can say Jesus is God. Jesus proved it. I mean, just think about the miracles, right? He did all kinds of miracles. He he healed the sick. He calmed storms. He fed thousands of people. He raised people from the dead. The greatest miracle of all, though, to prove that Jesus is God, that Jesus performed, was after he died being crucified on a cross. He came back to life three days later. In 1 Corinthians 15, you can read about that. You can read about how Jesus appeared alive to scores and scores of people. People who saw him and and ate with him and talked to him and touched him. People saw Jesus alive, even the ones who crucified him. Third reason why you can say Jesus is God is because the Bible revealed it. Again and again, the Bible identifies Jesus as God. For example, when Mary is pregnant and uh, Joseph is kind of starting to look for a way to end the engagement quietly so as to keep Mary from disgrace of being pregnant outside of marriage, an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and quoting the prophet Isaiah, 
says this in Matthew 1. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Bible calls Jesus God. Look at this verse, Romans 9, 5. From them is traced the human ancestry of Christ who is, what's the next word? Everybody say it. God, God overall, right. 1 John 5, 20. Jesus is the true God and eternal life. Colossians 1, let's read this verse together, ready? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. By him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth. Right there, that passage is telling us or identifying Jesus as God because he's involved in creation. The point here that I want you to understand is that Jesus' existence didn't begin in a stable. Because he's God, he always existed. So Christmas, understand this. Christmas is not a celebration of the beginning of Jesus. Christmas truly is the celebration of the miracle that God came to earth. Second miracle. Second miracle answers this question. How did God come to earth? And as you may know, the answer is that God became a human. That's the second miracle. God became one of us. My question is, why would God do that? Why would God leave heaven and come to earth and become a baby? Why would he do that? I mean, he could have, if he wanted to, and put on this magical light display in the sky to acknowledge, to tell people that he existed. Uh, shoot, he could have created the first wireless internet and smart TVs and broadcasted it in everybody's home. He could have done that, but he doesn't, right? He comes as a human, in, as a baby. You ever wonder why he did that? There are a number of possible reasons. One that I really like is that. Nobody's afraid of a baby. You ever think of that? I mean, I know a lot of people who are scared of God. They don't want to talk about God. They don't even want to think about God. But babies, babies are so cute and innocent and harmless, right? So I think, I think the reason why God came as a baby was just to let you know that he didn't come to scare you, but to save you. And, and to this day, God wants people to know that he is not someone you have to be afraid of, but somebody who's loving and gracious and someone whom you can trust and who can fill you with joy and peace and hope and love. And that, I think, is a good reason why God came to this earth as a baby. Philippians 2 says, Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage, but made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So God became a human. And you know what? I'm glad he did. Because I can tell you, I don't know about you, I can't relate to a God that is some supernatural, you know, ruler in the sky. I can't relate to some ambiguous greater power or may the force be with you kind of thing. I can't relate to a God like that. I don't want to relate to a God like that. But I can relate to a God who was born like me and who was tempted like me and who faced needs and, and problems and pressures like me. I can relate to a God like that. And that's why God became a human being. 
God became human so that he could relate to you. So God, human in every sense of the word, knows what you are going through. He knows what it's like to be lonely and tired and under pressure. He knows what it's like to face criticism and pain and sorrow. He understands what it means to to be mistreated and misunderstood. He gets it. And that's the second amazing miracle of Christmas. God became a human being so that he could relate to you and me. Wow. The third miracle answers this question. To whom did God come? And the answer is, God came to ordinary people. I mean, God came to this earth in the person of Jesus, and when he came, he didn't come to specific, you know, certain elite groups, you know, the rich and famous and the super-duper religious. He didn't do that. He came to normal, ordinary people, everyday people like you and me. I mean, think about it. You remember the, the, the Christmas story that I just read from Luke 2? I mean, think about this. In, in Luke 2, Jesus, the first people to visit Jesus when he was born were not politicians, were not religious leaders. Who were the very first people to visit Jesus when he was born? Just say it out loud. Shepherds. That's right. The first people to see Jesus were the shepherds. And I, I understand there are some people like to think of shepherds as the heroes. Yeah, we were the first ones there, so you weren't, and I was. But you got to understand, back in those days, shepherds weren't seen as heroes. They were seen as zeros. They were social outcasts because they did a stinky job nobody else wanted to do. And yet it was to those zeros that Jesus invited to see him first. Why? Because God came for everybody. And when Jesus was born, you know where he lived? He didn't live in some gated community. He didn't live in some far, mount, far away mountain retreat. He lived among us to be with us. Look at this, John chapter 1, 14, referring to Jesus. I want you to read this verse with me. Would you read this? This again, referring to Jesus. Let's read it. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. That's right. I really like how the message Bible translates it. Jesus became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. Isn't that great? I love that. But what that verse is saying is that in Jesus God came, or God meets you right where you are. And, and I don't know, maybe some of you sitting here right now might feel like there's no way God's going to meet me right where I'm at. Not, not after all the stuff I've done wrong. Not after all the messes I've made of my life. No way, not a chance. But I'm here to tell you that's just not true. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. God loves you. And he wants to meet you right where you are. That's why he became a human being and the little baby Jesus, so he could meet you in the midst of your your problems and your failures and whatever circumstances you might be facing. And that's a third amazing miracle, isn't it? God came to earth. God became human. But God became a human so that he could be with just Normal, broken, sinful people like you and me. And that leads me to the final miracle, which answers this question. Why would God leave heaven to come to earth? And the answer is that he came to bless you. And as you can imagine, there are many blessings that flow toward you and into your life and into your heart 
Because God came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. For example, Jesus came to bring truth, right? Truth about who? About you. Truth about you, because you may not always understand yourself or the fact that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Truth about God, because you may not always understand him or how he really operates all the time. And the truth about life, because you may not always understand why things happen the way they do. Jesus came to bring truth, and that's an incredible blessing. Jesus says in John 18, for this reason, I was born. For this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Now, obviously, if you decide to not build the foundation of your life on the truth that Jesus came to bring and which we can find in the Bible to this day, you can do that. You have the freedom, the free will to do that if you so choose. But just understand, if you do, you're probably going to build a foundation on some pretty bogus information they in turn can lead to some pretty bad life choices that in turn can lead to a whole bunch of unnecessary stress and pain and worry. And who wants to live like that? I sure don't. The good news is that because Jesus came to bring truth, when you do build the foundation of your life on what the Bible teaches, and right, and you buy into it, and you say, that's, that's wisdom, it's God's smarter than me, I can do this. And you follow that, you adopt it, you apply it, you live by it. Not only is life going to make a whole lot more sense, but it's also going to, you're going to be walking down a path filled with God's blessing. And that, that's, that's pretty amazing, Right? What an amazing blessing that that truth is. Jesus says in John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. That said, though, this is the truth that I want all of you to know on this Christmas Eve. Are you ready? Here it is. Five words. You are loved by God. That's the truth. And I I would like you to turn to the people sitting next to you, look them in the eye and say those words. Go ahead and do that. You are loved by God. Even the people you don't know, if you've never seen that person before, look them in the eye and tell them you are loved by God. Because that's true. (laughs) It's true. That's why Jesus was born. That's why Jesus grew up and, and lived a life of perfect obedience and died an innocent death and rose from the dead. That's why Jesus went back to heaven and says, I want you to be with me. So put your trust in me so you can be with me forever. That's an amazing blessing that is found in this truth. You are loved by God. But you know what else Jesus came to bring? Jesus also came to bring this blessing, he came to bring life. And I share that because, unfortunately, there are a lot of people in our society today who are, oh, how can I word this? They're not really living. They're just kind of existing. And maybe you've kind of fallen into this rut where you get up, you go to work, you come back home from work, you eat some food, you watch some TV, you go to bed, and you do the same thing all over again. Oh, that's just existing. But Jesus says this in John 10, he says, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. And what that means is that when you have a relationship with Jesus and he's your savior, he's your friend, he's your king, you don't have to buy into this boring routine anymore. You can have a life that's filled with purpose and power and meaning. A life that ultimately continues on for all eternity. Uh Uh-huh. Because of Jesus, an eternity in heaven can be a reality for you. 
And Jesus came to bring us that blessing, that blessing of life in all of its abundance and fullness here and now, but because of Jesus, a life that stretches out forever in heaven too. However, before you can enjoy that, that forever in heaven, there's a third blessing that Jesus came to bring, and it's this. Jesus came to bring forgiveness. And again, in the, the Christmas story from Luke 2, the angel is announcing to the, the shepherds that Jesus is born before they go and see him. And the angel announces the role that Jesus is going to play. Look at what he says here. Today in the town of David, a, what's the next word? Savior, Savior has been born to you. That's what Jesus came to do, to save you from your sin. Jesus says in John 12, I did this, I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. And the reason why Jesus came to save the world is because the Bible describes heaven as a place of absolute perfection, right? So in heaven, there's no sickness or sorrow, right? There's no problems or pressures. There's no sin, no darkness. It's absolute perfection. And what that means, of course, is that only absolutely perfect people get to go into heaven because if God let imperfect people in, then it wouldn't be a perfect place anymore. Well, that's a problem for us, isn't it? Because none of us are perfect. And so there's no, we, have, we don't have a ghost of a chance of getting into heaven on our own. So God addressed that problem. While God understood that he cannot, he can't ever let us polluted with sin into his perfect heaven, he also can't stand the thought of us not spending eternity with him. So filled with love for this world, God came in the person of Jesus to live that life of perfect obedience for us because we can't but then also to pay the punishment that we deserve for everything we've done wrong by dying on the cross in our place. And here's the thing. When you trust and believe that Jesus accomplished those things for you, the gates of heaven are wide open. And it's based not on what you've done. It's based on what Jesus has done. Through faith in Christ, you are forgiven and saved. That's good news. But please understand this. You can only have a savior when you recognize that you need a savior, when you recognize the fact that you can't save yourself. During the summer, if you've ever been to Edgewater, how many of you have ever gone to Edgewater Beach? I can see a couple of you, okay. Great place to swim if you're ever out that way. If, imagine you're there and there's a riptide and you know what those are, they pull a person out from the shore. Okay, imagine you see somebody out there, they're, start, they're struggling, they're starting to drown. You see that person, you're swimming to them. Here's the thing you just need to understand. Before you can rescue that person, they need to stop trying to save themselves. They need to calm down. Why? If you try to rescue somebody who's trying to save themselves, they're going to climb on top of you. And then you're both in trouble because they're going to push you down. So you have to wait for them to stop saving themselves before you can save them. Jesus can't save you. If you're trying to save yourself, if you think that somehow you've done enough or been good enough to squeak by and get into heaven, ain't going to happen. Just not the case. Romans 3 says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And again, all of us have made at least one mistake, but look at what it goes on to say. We are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus, God is offering you the gift of forgiveness. The gift of a clean slate. He's holding it out to you right now. All you do is take it in faith and believe, yep, Jesus earned it for me. Okay, it's the gift of his grace and his love. God, the one and only God, 
came to earth, became human. He became a human so that he could be with ordinary, everyday people like you and me. And he did it to bless us, to bless each and every one of us with his love and grace. Take hold of that gift. It's, it's there. Just believe it's yours. Believe in this miracle of God's love for this world and for each and every one of you. So let me challenge you on this Christmas Eve in a couple of ways. First, let me challenge you to read the Christmas story tomorrow in Luke 2, okay? Uh, it's what I just read. It'll take you about five minutes. No ball games before noon, so you're good. So you know, read the Christmas story. Let those words sink in. Maybe read it to your family. Maybe read it to yourself. Doesn't matter. Read it. Second, give thanks for the miracles, those four miracles of God's love, right? God came to earth, God became human, God came to earth and became a human so that he could relate with us and be with us ordinary folks, and he did it to bring his blessings of grace and love. And then third, celebrate the blessings that Jesus came to bring. This Christmas, celebrate certainly certainly the, 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 the truth and the life and the forgiveness Jesus brings, but also all the other blessings that God flows into your life because in the town of Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for bringing each person here in this place today to this worship service and for helping us to know the truth about you. Thank you, Jesus, that on that first Christmas, you came to earth. You came as a human. You came to ordinary people like all of us. You came so that we might be forgiven and saved. Lord Jesus, bless us this Christmas Eve that we might all know you and trust in you as our one and only Savior. Jesus, we love you. We pray this in your holy name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Thanks for taking the time to learn a little bit more about Royal Redeemer. We want you to be a part of our Royal Redeemer family here. May God richly bless you and guide you, and I truly look forward to seeing you soon.